0: Hi, everyone. Welcome to Adventures in Autism, episode 135. I am Megan Carranza. Thank you so much for coming to listen. If it is your first episode, welcome. So happy to have you. And if you've been listening, thank you so much for coming on back to the show. And I just want to say thank you so much to everybody who listened to last week's episode and reached out. I heard from many of you just regarding, you know, your own feelings around April and autism awareness and acceptance. I think, kind of like how I had discussed in that episode, this month is, you know, special to us in the autism community, but it definitely does come with some weight. So it was nice to, you know, have those discussions and hear from you guys But going forward, the rest of this month, I have some amazing interviews that I'm super excited for you guys to hear. And today is a big one. I am, to say I'm excited about this episode (laughs) is an understatement. My guest today is Valerie Gilpier, and she is an autism mom and an author. She actually co authored a book with her daughter, Emily. And I'm not going to say much about it in this intro because I want you to hear the story straight from Valerie. But it is one that I would truly describe as miraculous. I don't think there's any other words. Well, there's many words: inspiring, powerful, moving. I mean, just absolutely incredible. Um, but, but truly a miracle and. This story is one that I am so honored to share on the podcast, and I think that it is something that everybody needs to hear, not just, you know, members of the autism community. So I am going to ask if you are listening to this episode and you feel as moved by it as I do, please share it anywhere that you can. This is one that I just want the masses to hear because... As you will hear on this episode, you know, hearing Valerie and Emily's story, it is it's something that I think everybody needs to know because it really does just drive home that point that, you know, people with autism or with special needs or disabilities have so much to offer and have such incredible gifts. And this story, if if this story doesn't prove it, I don't know what will, so I am so excited to release this episode and for everyone to hear it, and like I said, if you feel as as moved as I did listening to this, please share it because it's it's something that I want everyone to hear. Um, and I just can't wait for you guys to hear this. so without further ado, please enjoy my conversation with Valerie. Hi, Valerie, welcome to Adventures in Autism. Hi Megan thank you so much for having me this is such a pleasure This is such a pleasure for me I'm so excited to get to chat with you. I was actually introduced to you by somebody on your team Gretchen thank you so much Gretchen for sending me that email and she had introduced us because you have a, a book coming out that I am so excited to hear about but before the book you have this whole story and I know a little bit from from what I've heard it is incredibly powerful and moving. And I'm so excited to hear more. So if you will kind of take us back to the beginning with your daughter, Emily, I would love to hear.
1: Yes, absolutely. Um, the book that my daughter and I have written is entitled I Have Been Buried Under Years of Dust. And it really is the story of the emergence of a, of a person who has nonverbal autism into an extraordinary writer. Um, historically what occurred essentially was that Emily was diagnosed, uh, at age two with autism following some indicators that we had that she was not really developing appropriately. And, you know, we, we immediately got a diagnosis. We immediately started all kinds of therapies, behavior therapy, speech therapy, occupational therapy, the whole litany of therapies that are often recommended for individuals with autism. And we pursued it wholeheartedly all the way through her, uh, education, through elementary education, high school, um, and uh, worked extensively with speech therapists to uh, work towards her becoming a verbal person, uh, using her words uh, to communicate. However, unfortunately, despite extensive amount of speech therapy, Emily never really did speak in, a, in any kind of conversational manner. Um, sometimes children like Emily are referred to as minimally speaking, um, or, you know, just, you know, expressive language challenged, different ways or different words are used to express uh, what the disability is. Um, But it was also part of her diagnosis of autism. I mean, typically a child with autism may have, you know, a whole gamut of issues like we were addressing the motor issues, the sensory overload, speech issues, that sort of thing. But for us, eventually, as Emily aged through the school system, the biggest problem that she had was uh, expressive language. And we knew that Emily was smart. We knew from things she had done as a child that she was intelligent. We knew her her receptive language was more or less intact um, because she demonstrated an ability to um, recall events, uh, recall things like, I mean, places we had been and that sort of thing. Um, through recognition, just sort of the way she recognized things and the way she was able to do things. Like we would give her an instruction once, like put your clothes, you know, when she was a a little girl, I showed her how to put her, her laundry, her clothes in her laundry basket. And it was something that she clearly understood what was supposed to be, what was expected of her and what she needed to do. So there were just early indicators that Emily really was a smart, young, young person but this language was always her bugaboo. This was the issue for her. And uh, as she aged, um, it became more of a challenge uh, because she was frustrated and her behaviors were demonstrating what her words could not. And it, became, it really did reach a horrible boiling point along the way, especially after she was out of high school. Uh, and we attempted to have her live independently or with support. Actually, it was a supported living situation uh, while she was attending a transition program for individuals going from high school to adulthood. Uh, and um, she had a um, major aggressive aggressive situation arose with her, uh, which pretty much ended that whole experiment that we had and we, we brought her home. So we continue to pursue options for Emily in terms of getting her ability to communicate intact so that we could uh, hopefully see her living in in a situation where uh, she would be more independent of us and could function better in the community uh, without uh, a series of meltdowns or misunderstandings with staff and that sort of thing. So when she was 24, uh, we revisited, she was back living at home with us. We revisited the concept of facilitated communication, which was something that we had looked into uh, for her when she was much younger, but which didn't seem to have any sticking point for her. She didn't seem to want to do it. And it was also a means of alternative communication that was very much discouraged by everyone that was in our life providing ex- so-called expert advice, such as our speech therapists and our behaviors and that sort of thing. Everybody was like, no, no, no. Emily has what they call communicative intent. She clearly wants to speak. She just isn't. But, you know, after so much speech therapy, it's like there was a point at which this is ridiculous. It's not going to happen. So an alternative means of communication may be our only solution. So we exported again, like I said, at 24, it turned out that there was a person in the area who was now available to work locally with her. And this woman started coming over to uh, see us, uh, to see Emily actually, and it was March of 2016. From March of 2016 to March of, to, I'm sorry, to August of, or July that is, of 2016, um, this woman worked with Emily, but nothing was really happening. I mean, they would, she would come over, she was a speech therapist. She would come over and she would work with Emily. They would read together and Emily might, um, you know, give a type out a little answer like on her computer, but it was nothing that she couldn't say. So, but it was a good relationship and Emily enjoyed being with her. And, you know, it was a good hour, hour and a half on a Saturday. It was pleasing to her and it kind of gave us a break and it was working fine. So we continued to have this woman come over And then in July, late July, um, I think it was July 25th, actually, of 2016, we were offered an opportunity to go with another group of families with individual, young adults with uh, disabilities to Ireland. So we jumped on this opportunity and we went to Ireland and it was a really mixed, you know, a mixed situation. So uh, in terms of Emily's, you know, happiness during the trip, you know, the inner, the relationship she had with the other people, um, I mean, I think she enjoyed being there, but it was so hard for her to communicate to us what she was you know uh, you know the aspects of the trip that she really liked or didn't like because again um, all we could deal with was behaviors and that we that we did know if something was making her unhappy she might scream or scratch or something, but you know that was it so you know I, I don't the book is really details all of the the suspenseful events that that occurred, but I will say this that the big event for me was going to the blarney castle um for emily because the Blarney, you know there's a there's a sort of legend has it that if you uh kiss the blarney stone that you are conferred with a gift of gab so i was absolutely determined that emily would kiss the blarney stone however when we got to the blarney castle it turned out that there were so many visitors there um coming in from tour uh, uh cruise ships uh from on the western coast that we couldn't make it our way up to the blarney stone which you know incidentally is sort of a disgusting thing anyway it's kind of a germ-ridden stone and it's difficult to access etc but anyway we couldn't do it there was no way we could get up there were too many tours so as we were leaving about to leave the grounds i turned to emily and i said emily just kiss the castle just kiss the castle i figured that'd be good enough <laughs> and <laughs> and off we went I uh, got back in the bus and we resumed our tour with our tour group. So um, we left Ireland, came back, uh, flew back to Los Angeles, and Emily had a, an epic, epic fail, shall we say, on the airplane. Um, and the next day, I uh, contacted her, the person who had been working with her all that time. So we were already here. This was August, August 6th. And I said, you know, we had a really rough time on the plane uh don't know if you should come but you know you know maybe you should because you know i need a break from her it was just too much so she comes over and there is screaming going on in the house as soon as the the woman arrives here and then all of a sudden there's incredible calm and my husband and i like what's going on why is it so calm all of a sudden we run down and this woman Lindsay, who had been working with emily has tears in her eyes holding the her emily's ipad and she said look what emily wrote and it said i have been buried under years of dust and now i have so much to say and that was the beginning of it all for us that was the beginning emily was two months shy of 25 years of age and that began the most unbelievable written communication and expression that has now led to this book um life changer. Emily's being able to communicate with us and with the world led to the opening of doors for her that I would never would have believed. Um, She immediately told me that she wanted to go to college, that she wants to be a poet, that she doesn't want to take any kinds of 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 just, you know, non-academic classes. She wants to be an advocate for those with autism. And that's where we're at right now. Where we're at is that she's a college student, an honor student, straight A, going to a community college. Um, she writes extensively. She communicates with everyone. She's developed friendships, both online and person. Uh, freely participates in classes. Attends college. Was attending college classes um, before we, you know, the pandemic. And during the pandemic, she has managed to finish seven online college classes. And we have learned everything about our daughter. It's as if she, we have met her for the first time. And um, it's been extraordinary. It's been just the most extraordinary journey. And, you know, the interesting thing about this, and I think that really what motivated so much for me to write this book is not only for Emily's words to be heard in her truly authentic voice with her unbelievable intelligence and knowledge shining through. But also because I really wanted to, personally, I wanted to convey to people that you shouldn't give up. You know, you just don't know what's going to happen. You know, children, individuals keep developing, um, and you just don't know what's around the corner. And for us, you know, being able to see Emily come to this point in her life and know that she can and will have a future, uh, she does want to be a journalist, and she will continue, of course, with her creative writing. This is very, very satisfying to us and something that we are, you know, as somewhat older parents, really happy that we have lived to see. Um, It's the ultimate gift that we can give Emily.
0: I mean, my jaw is just like on the floor. (laughs) (laughs) Like I said, I knew a little bit of this story um, just from from speaking with Gretchen, but to hear you retell it, um, it's, I'm going to get emotional, but it really is like a miracle, Yes. And you know, my, my son is nonverbal. He uses a device to speak and we're still working really hard to like, when you said it's like meeting her for the first time that resonates so deeply with me because you know, my son is only eight and I I also have two daughters who are younger than him and unbelievably verbal and tell me every little thought that enters their head. And this comes up on the podcast. I've said it before, but there are so many times where I look at Logan and as much as I, you know, am am so accepting and in a very different place now as I was when we started our journey with autism, there's still definitely this pain point of just like, what would you tell me? What what are you thinking about? What are like the funny little stories that you would share with me? And those those kind of things are like you said, it's, it really, it's, it's like meeting him for the first or meeting her for the first time. Like I, there, there's a part of me that is just so excited for that day with him. And honestly, for a long time, I wouldn't even let myself think about that because it was too painful because I thought, well, what if that never happens? But hearing stories like yours are, is just so inspiring. And like you said, if you just keep going and keep working there, it, it's just unbelievable what could be achieved
1: you know emily as actually and 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 as a tribute to really that concept as well is that emily just last week wrote a poem called beyond the dust and in that poem um she has written i'm just going to give you a little sample of it it says this is what she said um she has she's referring to herself she has not changed at a quick glance For she is still the daughter, friend, female student that she has always been. But everything else, all of the static in between, the noise and the dust have settled. But this time she has not been buried underneath. Wow. So this is what communication does for people. This is the most important thing, the most important gift that a parent can strive to help achieve for their child who has limited expressive language abilities. This is it. This is everything. You know, it doesn't, you know, it doesn't change the fact that she would like to be verbal. And in fact, her her verbal expression has actually increased with her writing, I must say, but it's better than not than than aggressing. It's certainly better than, you know, uh, screaming. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's no replacement for verbal expression, but it's something. But it's a commu- this is strong communication, you know. And it has relieved the burden, as she said, she's not buried underneath anymore. You know, all those years she was completely suffocated by the fact that she couldn't communicate. She was suffocated. You know, she couldn't. You know, there was no place to go. She had no hope. And so much of her writing, early write writing, talks about how she felt so helpless and hopeless you know, that she could never join in a conversation. I mean, now she can go to an event, a family event, and we whip out the iPad and she's talking to people. You know, they're asking her questions and she's talking to them. So, I mean, I, this communication thing, and you know, it's really important to consider the possibility for, pe- for your younger parents, you know, or the parents of younger children to consider that if a child is not speaking by the time they are six years old, hand them an iPad, hand them a device, get something going to give them that form of communication we were not offered this opportunity and again this is something i mean you know we've come a long way in terms of communication devices and and electronics and that sort of thing but remember emily was diagnosed in 1993 so that was a long time ago you know it was 28 years ago and things were it was a very different um uh field of options then And, um, but again, you know, I, I don't mean to belittle speech therapy, but there's a point at which you basically have to say to yourself, that this isn't working and we have to try something else, Yeah, because maybe it's not going to happen, you know, maybe neurologically, you know, it's not going to happen for my child, but it would be nice for them to be able to express themselves in some way. And I think that so many people who use FC or spell to communicate or, you know, rapid prompting or all the options that are available out there really um, those are all things that are available and should be considered. And, you know, one of the points of my book is that nothing should be taken off the table. You know, speech therapy should be a range of options. If you can speak fine, if you can't, you can't, um, and let's acknowledge that, you know, and not hold somebody back because, you know, they're not verbal. So, you know, this has just, this has been a life changer for Emily. And we found out that she knew so much stuff. I mean, the things that she was taking in, I mean, she's reporting to us things that she saw on television when she was five years old. Um, You know, the the level of comprehension, you know, and the intelligence is so innate. Um, But because we are a society that valorizes speech and puts, you know, we say people are bright based on their levels of ability to express themselves and how articulate they are. A person who cannot speak doesn't get that kind of, of, of attention or respect. And um, that's what we experienced with Emily. You know, there's so many people who just didn't think there was much there. I knew there was much there. Tom knew, my, my husband, Tom, and her, her dad knew there was a lot there because of what we saw her doing non-verbally. We saw, you know, so much uh, so much of her ability to figure things out non-verbally. Um, so, yeah, so I really you know, I think alternatives to, you know, traditional speech therapy um, is something that should always be considered and pursued.
0: Absolutely. I mean, you're, preaching to the choir here because it's like we talk about a lot on this show um logan's has his device now for it's been about a year and a half and thankfully we work with an slp who she specializes in devices so she has really helped us you know expand on his communication using his aac and that's been incredible but like you said you know kind of leading up to this he had done years and years of speech therapy we did use like um I don't know if Emily ever did picture exchange packs um, when he was very young. We started using packs and then that was kind of what led us then to to the device. And like I said, it's been about a year and a half that he's had it now and he does really well with it. It's amazing to, you know, to just know what it is, it, even on a simple level of like what he wants or where he wants to go or what he wants to do or what kind of you know snacks he wants and stuff like that. Um, I really can't wait though. Like I was saying for, for those like bigger communication things. Um, I love hearing that you said like, there's, there's so much that she's kind of this outpouring now of things, even when she was a child, what has been like one of the things that surprised you the most or like made you happiest to hear that she's expressed to you now?
1: Well, there's incredible gratitude to us. I mean, you know, I think that one of the very first things that she typed out was the extraordinary gratitude that she expressed that, you know, that her parents never considered her a burden Um, that, you know, and which we didn't, you know, we always, you know, we didn't consider her a burden that we always celebrated her. We did everything possible for her. We've been her greatest support. Um, those things are really very nice to hear um, because, you know, she's always been the center of our universe. She's always been the focus. She's always been someone we believed wholeheartedly in. Um, But apart from that, I really think that as a young adult, you know, her interest in kind of expanding her experiences and not being so narrow and having the courage to look to engage with people more and her interest really in education and uh, learning about, about, just learning, you know, her quest for knowledge. Uh, when somebody asked her at a, at a family event what she was, you know, studying in college and she was just at the very early stages of attending college. And she said, you know, I don't really know quite yet. I just want to learn, mm-hmm. you know, And in some respects, you know, because she, she, because she was not verbal in, in school, in public school, you know, she did attend, classes and most most of the classes were in fully included environments. so she was in general education classes but it was whatever she learned she kind of learned sort of in passing because they figured i think they all figured that she was incapable of learning anything and so nobody really focused on her um and now she has this incredible quest for knowledge just and she will learn she will read anything she will you know um pick up a book and look at it she she's curious and that is incredible to me so I feel like what's happened to her is that there's been this explosion both both intellectually and socially um uh in you know since she's since she's uh, been able to communicate
0: I I'm just so happy for all of you that's like I keep <laughs> thinking everything like with her telling you how grateful she is. Like that, that makes, I'm going to get emotional again. This, I swear, like I, I cry a lot, but this is like, this, this is my, <laughs> my, my, my soft spot for sure. Um, but just like you said, hearing her express her gratitude, like, you know, as parents, I feel like we, we never like need to hear that because we're going to do these things no matter what, right. This is, you know, right. we love our children. We signed up for this. We're happy to do it. But the idea of her, you know, thanking you and just appreciating your support all those years, I just think is so beautiful. And I'm I'm so happy that you as a mother, you know, got to to get that validation because as much as like I said, it's like I, I and I fully believe that love needs no words at this point. It's right. still like hear, hearing that or typing that or seeing that just must be so just amazing so incredible and then for her I mean I'm I'm speechless like it's just it's I can't even imagine what it's been like for her to like you said like even in high school like thinking about her sitting in these classes and really just getting like a peripheral kind of education where it's like she's she's attending she's there but if she's not really like getting anything out of it I can't imagine how frustrating that had to have been for her and then now to be on this like quest of knowledge and wanting to learn and just getting that fulfillment. I'm, I'm just so happy for her.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's been it was when, when schools when class was live, and she could actually go to college, you know, I mean, she was fully engaged in the classroom in a way that she wasn't in high school. And that's the thing, although her receptive language is intact, because no one was challenging her or asking her questions or engaging her. You know, if you're just passively listening, there's so much you can take in. But when somebody engages you and they start to ask you questions about why you take a position or what, how, or to defend what you've written or to, you know, express it in a different way, it's a whole other level of learning. And, you know, she didn't get that. Mm -hmm. And now she's getting that. And I mean, it's incredible the deference. I mean, she's taken in, in college, she's taken... It doesn't matter what she takes; she gets an A. She took, you know, math classes. She took neuroscience. She took psycho- basic psychology, journalism. You name it. Tough classes, and you know, she's just done so well. And the way she writes, re- and she's learned how to do research papers, um, and interview people. You know, she's now interviewing people. You know, in you know via quest- written questions. I mean, everything's changed. I mean, and and that's the thing is that I, I hope. That, I just so hope so much. that that people won't give up on their kids, even their older kids, you know, and and pursue it because you just don't know what's there. You just don't know. And, you know, the brain, you know, early on, I think you may know that I was a disability rights attorney for 20 years. And, you know, basically what my job was is to get services for children from the school districts. Um, And, My one of my very early cases, there was psychologist testified and he said in one of his arguments uh, in getting services for this particular young girl was that, you know, this is such a critical time. The brain is developing and, you know, she's by the time she's seven, things are going to slow down and we've really got to make a difference now. And I remember talking to him afterwards and saying, what are you talking about? (laughs) What do you mean the brain stops development after seven? Like, my brain is stopped and is still developing, you know? Yes. Um, and so that's the thing, is that there really is no point at which it's the end zone, you know? I mean, you just keep going. Um, and, you know, I, I know in some respects that it's been said that Emily is a little unusual because her incredible, I mean, she's so incredibly artic- articulate in her write, written word and her use of language and her understanding of, of language and the use of it is is extraordinary. I mean, she has an extraordinary vocabulary, an extraordinary uh, grasp of concepts. Um, And a lot of that has to do, I think, with the fact that we read to her and read to her and read to her like you can't believe. I mean, we read to her from the time she could listen. And I never, you know, with the exception of when she was very young, I didn't read her really baby books. I was reading her literature. I was reading her the newspaper. You know, I think she and I think she was taking it all in. Um, and interestingly, when you, when you see Emily, the book, um, anything that Emily wrote in there was first draft and not at all edited. She has a sense of punctuation and grammar. Like I can't, it's just extraordinary. And I think that comes from reading, you know, and following along and and listening.
0: That's just astonishing. I mean, as somebody who is grammar and punctuation and spelling are like my weakest points I'm always <laughs> so impressed with those people and I feel like I, I agree with you I think it's definitely something that she must have picked up from all the reading that you've done for her but I also feel like that's just like innately within you you either like understand grammar or you don't that's <laughs>
1: very possible
0: yes and it's like she had I mean just just like she said she had all of this underneath that dust and like like you said if you guys hadn't taken all that initiative to to just keep going and keep pursuing and keep trying to help her even as an adult i mean i i can't even imagine like what what this story would be like you know if if you had been like well this is just how it is
1: well i know what this i i this this story would have been what we had before which is a very you know a very uh, kind of unpleasant you know, ongoing situation. I mean, this gives her a future. You know, now she has now. I now I feel comfortable that she has more of a future, um, and and you know, her options for participating in the world at large have just express has just exploded exponentially. I mean, just exploded. Um, and I mean, and I mean that in every way possible. I mean, we were able successfully to travel. You know, back to Europe with her a couple summers ago, um, and had an incredible trip. Um, and you know, every and you know, there was no meltdown again on a plane, you know, there was nothing. Um, it's just all different. It really is different. I mean, communication is so key. It's so it's, it sounds like a, a platitude, but honestly, it's the truth. It's the truth. Oh, it's, um, I totally. Agree and, and, and I know that your, your listeners will, will no doubt understand that, um, but it, again, you know, our story is of an older person who, who got this and um, got who, who was sort of conferred with this gift of gab after this, <laughs> after me insisting on the kissing of the castle. <laughs> I, it's just so funny because she was wearing at the time she was wearing, I have a picture of her. She, she's, she's like, looks at me when I tell her to kiss the castle. <laughs> <And> she, <laughs> She's wearing a bright royal blue hoodie and she leans over and then she kind of looks at me like, are you insane? Uh, Then I had my husband kiss the castle too. Oh
0: my goodness. Well, I'd like to say it was, it was this miracle of the castle and maybe it was, but I, I think there, there was so much that went into it. And absolutely you and your husband being such strong advocates and just persevering on her behalf. And then obviously Emily, just like, I mean, it, it reminds me of like the story of the Phoenix, maybe because us. Yeah, no, but it's so funny because I used to always think that story was so cheesy when I heard that story. But then yeah. in the last like few years, that's really resonated with me. This idea of like rising from the ashes and how powerful that is. And it's like, that's, that's what I, what I picture with Emily is that it's like, she, she lived her life like almost in black and white and now there's color.
1: Yeah. 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 It's so, it's, you know, it's so true. That's a, that's a, yeah, it's so true. Well, yeah, it's been amazing. It's been an amazing journey. It really, it really has been an amazing journey and it's one we, we look forward to continuing, but you know, it's all about really how, I mean, just loving, I mean, just loving her and loving her and loving her, you know? And I mean, I think that's really what, you know, propelled all of this so much, you know, it just, it's like, you know, and she knows it. She knows how much we love her. You know,
0: well, she and, have, and, and she felt that the whole time because that, like yeah. you said, that was yeah. what she expressed to you. Yes, that's just so beautiful. Uh, well, I am so thankful for you for sharing the story. I'm so thankful that Gretchen connected us because I <laughs> <I'm> just <laughs> I I'm so astounded and just really inspired by, by this whole story. I know everyone listening is too, especially those of us, you know, have that have nonverbal children. I mean, it really is like just the ultimate dream and like how you had said that the ultimate gift for a parent. Um, And like I said, I'm just so happy for you. I really, thank you so much, Megan. Appreciate that. I really do. Yeah, absolutely. Do you want to share where people can connect with you where they can find the book?
1: Yes. The book is available for sale um, at, um, uh, on Amazon and uh, Barnes Noble and Noble in many places, we do have a website that you can access either valerigilpere.com or EmilyGroden.com. It'll lead you to the same uh, website, which will also have a list of some resources and links of where to buy the book. Um, if you're interested in purchasing the book um, and getting a, pre-signed, uh, getting a signed copy, Book Soup in Los Angeles will be offering uh, pre-signed copies. Uh, to, or, you know, to be sent out on the release date. And uh, also you can follow Emily's. Some of Emily does a lot of posting on both uh, Instagram. It's Emily Faith Grodin uh, on Instagram and also Emily Faith Grodin uh, on Facebook. So those are also available um, options, but everything is on the website. Everything is listed on the website at ValerieGilpier.com or emilygroden.com.
0: Perfect. Well, I will link all that in the show notes. Um, and again, just thank you so much for coming on and sharing your story. I, I truly am just so inspired by you and Emily and tell Emily, I am just amazed by her. I think she's incredible. <laughs> and I'm so I'm, I mean, I don't know her, but I'm so proud of her. And just for everything she's doing, it really it's making such a huge difference. And I think one of the things that I love so much about your story is it's not just you know inspiring hope for those of us in this community, but I think for other people to hear this story for people outside of the autism community, to know that like people on the spectrum, verbal or not have so much to offer and so, so much within them. And I think, you know, so often there there's this idea that people with special needs are are less than, and that's something that I'm just like always fighting so hard to, to, to change that. And I think this story is just such a perfect testament to that.
1: Yes. Thank you. It is. I I agree with you.
0: Absolutely. All right. Well, Valerie, you take
1: care. Thank you. Thank you so much, Megan. Appreciate it. Bye. Bye.
0: Download your free audiobook today, go to audibletrial.com slash adventures and autism, all one word. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash adventures and autism for your free audiobook. Okay. Wasn't that story just incredible? I can't even explain to you guys. I get a lot of emails from you know inquiries for people wanting to be on the show and when I got that email from Gretchen who is on the 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 team for publicity for Valerie and Emily's book it literally stopped me dead in my tracks and when I read that sentence of I've been buried under years of dust and now I have so much to say I got chills like all over my body and I just could not wait to get Valerie on the show and hear the story and Just getting to talk to her, it was as amazing as I thought it was going to be and more. Um, I just, I'm so moved by this story and inspired. And like I said at the top of the show, I just want everyone to hear this. I want everyone to know how important it is to respect and listen to and support the autism community. and, And people with special needs and disabilities everywhere there's, there's such this stigma of, you know, people on the spectrum or with any kind of special needs, just being less than, or or not being as important. And that's something that, like I had said on the show, you know, talking to Valerie, I, I do feel so strongly that we need to just share this message that, you know, people with autism, whether they are verbal or not, have so much to offer. And I mean, look at Emily. She is like, oh my gosh, just so incredible. Her poetry, the way that she's writing, her just quest for knowledge and how well she's doing in college. It's, it's just, it's so inspiring. And I know as, as a parent, it gives me so much hope, but it's something that, like I said, I just want everyone to hear. So please, if you're listening to this episode, uh, I would love for you to share this one and just get the story out. If you want to buy the book, it's available. If you're listening in real time, the book came out yesterday. (laughs) So the book is available. I'm going to put the, the link on Amazon in the show notes and the, website address so you can get it straight from the website. They have all their links there, but obviously everyone loves Amazon. So yes, buy the book. I'm so excited to get my copy and just again, so honored to have had Valerie on the show. I'm so inspired by both her and and Emily. It was just such a treat to get to talk to her. So that is all for today. And like I said, I have some really wonderful episodes coming up the rest of this month. I have some incredible guests that I can't wait for you guys to hear. If you want to connect with me, you can find me on Instagram at adventures in autism pod or on Facebook at adventures in autism podcast, or you can email me at adventures in autism 2018 at yahoo.com. Again, always love hearing from you guys, getting feedback. If you have, you know, a question or a comment, let me know if you are enjoying the show and you have not yet left a rating or review on Apple podcast. I would be so, so grateful if you would do that. It really does help other people to find the show and then we can just keep sharing the love but that is all for now so until next time take care